The holidays are here, and that means one thing. Presents! That's right. Time for gifts. And tis better to give than to receive. And why not this year? If you have any friends or a loved one who has just had a baby. Yes. Uh, or a then, small pet. Or a small pet. It might fit weird on a small pet. It might. But get it anyway. It's the We Had This Onesie. It's available to you at MaxFunStore.com. Get it now. Get it now. You got it. You got this. You get this. You had this. Bye. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best SNL movie plus mailbag. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. 250th episode spectacular. Welcome to episode 250 of We Got This. Mark and Hal. 250 episodes, Hal. We're going to be doing a mailbag later in the show. But first... The first thing we're going to do is we have a great topic and a great guest for you. Chris Mancini is here to talk about his new book that is getting kickstarted right now. Very talented graphic novelist. Has a new uh, new project we're excited about. Yes, you're going to hear more about Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master and how you can help it get across the finish line. But the only way we can do that is if we start the episode, which is going to happen, right? Now. now. I did it again. What'd you do? Sorry. I closed the tab I wanted to have open. But now it's open, <laughs> which means we can proceed. All right, good. We are joined for episode 250. 250th episode. That's exciting. Yeah. A master podcaster who's all right. <laughs> a writer who's got a great new project on Kickstarter we're going to hear about. You may have read his last one long ago and far away. Chris Mancini. Great to be here, guys. Thanks Welcome. for joining us, man. It's very Welcome. cool. Before we jump in, everybody, uh, tell us a little bit about the Kickstarter. Then we'll do a decision, and then we'll talk about the Kickstarter again. Perfect. We're going to do it twice, because it's yeah. closing. This is coming out. December it is, 10th, it closes. It, yes. It is mm-hmm. Monday, December 9th, which means you mm-hmm. do it now. Immediately. Yes. You do it yes. now. Please do. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to miss out on it. Tell everybody about it. It's called uh, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, Perfect. and it is a comedy action graphic novel. It's going to be like 160 pages, and it's kind of like a uh, you know Big Trouble in Little China, like 80s buddy comedies, and it's got a little bit of Army of Darkness in it. It's got... Um, surly heroes it's got you just described a, a really great uh shelf on anybody's <laughs> yes. dvd yeah. collection yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and it's like all the stuff like well what do i want to see yeah. what did i watch and i loved and what do i would i want to put something into a story and uh, i wanted to mix all these things kind of together and i wanted to really explore like the lead character rick is an angry very low budget criminal he's a uh, fight club fighter at the opening scene is him at a fight club and his buddy is like betting on money and then uh at the end we see the friend with a lot of money and the uh rick goes i can't believe you bet against me he goes no i bet that you would get disqualified so uh. like you got disqualified at a fight club for being too violent nice little yeah, taste yeah. of uh, i love those little bits of who a character is yes. yeah yep. and and then it launches from there. Yes. And then he oh. gets mixed up in an epic battle between good and evil that's been fought since the days of ancient China. So oh, there's wow. monsters, magic, fights, dragons, and also surly baristas. So it, Listen, it's a little bit if of everything. you only like four of those things, yes. <laughs> you're going to be happy. Yeah. And I wanted to make it authentic, too. So I actually have a kung fu consultant 
Rick oh, Myers, wow. who actually goes through the philosophy of Kung Fu and makes sure everything I put in is accurate. And I thought it would be really cool to kind of like, you know, everyone's angry now. Like, what if somebody mm-hmm. was really, really angry about everything and always wanted to fight? And how would that mix with an ancient philosophy of like Kung Fu and inner yeah. peace and, right. uh, you know, the, the martial arts and, uh, you know, the beginning, not very well. They would not right. mix very well. So we kind of explore that where we have kind of this weird, like, you know, toxic anger that uh, people are experiencing. And, uh, you know, how can you eventually let that go and find peace? Uh, that's a, nice. that's a yeah. great message for right now. Mm-hmm. And thanks for coming on our arguing show to yes. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to peacefully decide yeah. this oh together. Are you kidding? I've done a film podcast for 10 years. That's yeah. all it's been is like. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're going to dig deep here. Yeah. We're going to go through a canon mm-hmm. that I think includes only 10 movies. Mm-hmm. Harry gonna, Potter. We're going to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I I went on the Warner Brothers Studio tour this past weekend. Ooh, uh-huh. and they were they have like a whole you know you walk into the archives and they have yeah, a yeah. second floor with all the Harry Potter stuff. And the tour guide was like, you, I don't know how many people have seen Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. And the second one, my favorite part of the second one was when I went to use the bathroom yeah. and then called my wife. I like the Fantastic <laughs> Beast movies. Well, Queenie is I, I'm in love with Queenie. Look, the performers so. are fine. It's not their problem. You know, I, I gotta say the first one I kind of liked. The second one, I don't know what happened. Like it kind of went off the rails a little boring, bit. Yeah, little and, and I was well, like, it was the second one was just setting up the third one. It's well, just. Yeah. Do you know that there's supposed to be five of them? I did know that. Oh, wow. And I don't know if those plans perhaps may have changed by you now. You think so? <laughs> yeah. The thing about that second one, though, is just it's everything is leading up to Grindelwald versus Dumbledore. Oh, for sure. So sure. they so like the second movie is just a big expository drum roll. Mm-hmm. Well, judging from the numbers, people really appreciated that. Yeah. Let's talk about movies that, that really <laughs> what's interesting about movies based on SNL is what we're going to talk about is – that there are only a few that have been successful. Mm-hmm. Right. There is a graveyard of films uh, that people may like. Like the the Coneheads movie did okay. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It's got stuff. Stuart saves his family. Stuart right. Has right. some right. fun. I remember uh, those. Has some yeah. some fun satire it's in Pat. it. Mm-hmm. It's Pat is yep. rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Pat, it's is, Pat rough. is rough. Night at the Roxbury and Superstar. Both like, fun of that era. Superstar's good. It's she's oh. like she's great. It's been now, a me, long time. Let me ask you this one if this yeah. one counts because mm-hmm. I like this movie, but sure. I don't know if it was a character on SNL pop star. With never, no. never stopping. That movie never. is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. It's, that is yeah. But it so wasn't, good. it wasn't an SNL movie though, wasn't it? No, no. it was a Lonely no. Island movie. It felt like it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It felt like it was very close to a lot of the digital. Yeah. Well, and it was, that was the thing. It was at, it was at the time that uh, Lonely Island was doing all the digital shorts. So it's got oh, yeah. entirely the, uh, who, what are the guys? Uh, Yorma, uh, Kiva, and uh, Andy. Sandberg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this: Are you a huge? Before we even get into the films, mm-hmm. what's your sort of relationship with SNL? Are you a big fan of it? Are you sort of like watch it, like get hop on, hop off, like trolley style? Yeah, hop on, hop off, trolley style. Absolutely. But that could be years in between. Sure. sure. Yeah. Because depending on the cast and the sketches and you know what really resonates and what doesn't because uh you know it's and i think it's been a roller coaster up and down i mean it's sure. i mean how many years has it been that it's, this show is still we're 45 years that's it's amazing. incredible yeah. just about yeah i mean that's even more than the simpsons yes so just barely yeah, yeah. <laughs> at this point it seems like yeah they've been going for 45 years so there is like mm-hmm. a, a an ebb and flow but there's almost no sense to when the movies came out Right. Because there, mm-hmm. the there were a bunch in the nineties. Right. Mm-hmm. But the first one was a huge hit. Right. Then nothing until 
10 years later. But Lauren Michaels later. produced stuff in the 80s. He produced yes. um, yeah. Three Amigos. Uh, mm-hmm. There were, yeah. you know, Broadway video was doing he was uh, stuff. It just, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. it just wasn't Saturday Night Live properties. Right. right. And also used. after 1980, Saturday Night Live was handed over to Gene Demanian and right, Dick right, Ebersol. Right. So you went through an era where he wasn't there to make those movies anyway. Right. So unless he was going to make a Fernando's hideaway movie when he came back, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Ed Grimley, he didn't own, mm-hmm. uh, although I don't, I don't know if he produced the animated series. You remember the Ed Grimley animated I series? Do, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was on Saturday. It was back when they had Saturday morning cartoons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Saturday morning Kids cartoons. gather around. This we'll Saturday. tell you. Three, three middle-aged white men. <laughs> tell yeah, you that's about right. <laughs> we'll tell you about, about non-on-demand yes. video. Yeah. <laughs> back in my day, yeah. we just had to put five in the fireplace just so the cartoons would work in the That's morning. Right. That's right. <laughs> we had a steam engine powered television. Wait for the, by wait, horses. Do you ever go to visit a grandparent and have to wait for that uh, tube TV to uh, warm, warm up? up yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. With, with the, that, the world's slowest fade into television. With that weird sound of like, well, this is either going to turn on or blow up the house. Yeah. yeah. Which is it going to be? Yeah. It sounded like a, it sounded like a, a yeah. light bulb that had yeah. finally <laughs> had its wits end. Yeah. They fell asleep watching it enough that Morley Safer's face is burned <laughs> in <laughs> Just not going anywhere. <laughs> it does seem like they went through, like the 90s, they, between 90s. 92 and 2000, they came up with a bunch of movies. Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. the one from 92 that is going to be – it's a two-horse race. We were saying this before yeah. we started yeah. in this. And it's one of the two. Uh, Wayne's World, that movie yep. set – I mean, it it made so much money yep. that they had to start making mm-hmm. SNL movies. Yeah. Do, do you find the times that the movies came out were times that dovetailed with you being on the trolley versus off? Um, it was kind of random, but I think for the most part, like, especially for Wayne's World, for sure, I was on the trolley. Right. And because those, I love those characters. I love those sketches. And then when I saw the movie, it was one of those things where, oh, is this going to be any good? It's an SNL movie. You never yeah. know. And I, yeah. I love them. I remember, love the movie. I even like the sequel. Not many people even like the sequel. Yeah, the sequel's okay. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't unwatchable. No. No, it was, it was a lot a, of fun. Yeah. Not that, not as good as the no, original. original. Not the groundbreaker yeah. that the original yeah. was. And it had a weird, very, very, very long callback to a joke. If you, the original Wayne's World movie mm-hmm. had them doing Bohemian Rhapsody in right. the car. And that's why. Michael Myers was in Bohemian Rhapsody because they were yeah. actually calling back that joke from many years ago in Wayne's oh World God. as the record executive. No one's going to listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I said, that's a long way to go for a callback. Yeah. But I, I love I a it. good bit of stunt yeah, casting yeah. like that. That's about, If anybody would do that, it would be Mike Myers for yeah. sure. mm-hmm. playing the long game forever. Yeah. Has anybody here seen movies like like I've never seen Ladies Man. I've seen maybe bits and pieces of No, I never saw it. Ladies Man. You almost forget that some of these sketches were turned into movies. Like, Ladies Man was wildly popular on the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Not everything translates, though. No, no. Because there – I mean, the main complaint, which is accurate, is that this is really funny for a couple of minutes. Right. Yeah, and, which is what a sketch is. Yes. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of a sketch. And uh, Night at the Roxbury, like, I think I, I – if I did see it, I couldn't tell you one scene – yeah, that was mm-hmm. in it, and uh, except for the one in the trailer where he breaks the window with his head, mm-hmm. that's about it. But yeah, it, but Wayne's World was the one that I felt like it was. Oh, this is an actual movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What yeah. I'm curious, uh, you said there was a big break, Hal, uh, between between uh, Blues, Brothers. Blues Brothers and what was the second Wayne's World? Wayne's World was the second mm-hmm. one, and then 92. what was the third one? 
What was it? Coneheads? Yeah. Uh, that to oh, me is, that to me is hilarious mm-hmm. because it's, uh, it's, it's Saturday Night Live and by extension, Lord Michaels going, Hey, we had a big hit with a sketch from Saturday Night Live turned into a movie. Yeah. Hey, we should make another one. Yes. You know what I love? That conehead sketch. <laughs> like, uh, Lauren, this actually, Wayne's world is on the show now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's currently a thing. It also feels like the movie that he wanted to make but couldn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until someone said you can make SNL movies. Yeah. I don't think watching SNL or watching the Blues Brothers on SNL that you would go, well, that's the movie out of all the things right. that is on mm-hmm. this show. And mm-hmm. yet it's such a great combination of Ackroyd and Belushi who were such a great team and John mm. Landis directing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that was the kind of movie where it transcended being a sketch on SNL. Like you could enjoy that movie. And a lot of people did that had never seen the sketches on SNL. Right. I Absolutely. Mean, it was, it, well, the sketches were never sketches. It was just musical, musical, musical performances. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they had carte blanche to just create interesting characters yeah. and mm-hmm. put them in the world of the music that they love. Mm-hmm. So the, I think it's, I think the thing that makes Blues Brothers work is, and it's also a thing that makes Wayne's World work. By the way, I'd like to point out that three straight white dudes have just eliminated (laughs) everything except for the straight white dude duo movies. (laughs) Apologies for that, everybody. Um, There's something about the Blues Brothers and their earnestness that Belushi and Aykroyd really did love this music. Oh, yeah. And that's such a huge part of it is they were just these earnest characters that really do love this music. Music. No. And Wayne's World also is weirdly in following in, the, in those footsteps. Oh, for sure. Of being two weird dudes mm-hmm. who love a genre of music yep. and then make a movie that celebrates that genre of music. Yep. Now, I speaking of Dan Aykroyd, which film came out first? It wasn't Coneheads. It was Blues Brothers, right? Yes. Blues yeah. Brothers was 80. Coneheads wasn't until 94. Yeah. Right? I didn't even think it was that late. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was after they released Wayne's World. <laughs> You're right. All of yeah. a sudden, the logic of like, yeah. they were way old. They had to get a different actress because Lorraine Newman, yeah. you know, they were all old enough that Lorraine Newman couldn't play the teenage daughter anymore. So they right. got the other actress whose name I forget. My apologies. I know she's worked a ton, but they had to get somebody else to play that role. Mm-hmm. So even that didn't feel right because Lorraine Newman was so great. Yeah. As that integrated team, because she was still, she was still <laughs> very clearly conehead outside of her head, but also a great American she teenager. Would deliver mm-hmm. teenage dialogue, but still yeah. do it with this voice. Right. And the <sighs> actress they got for the later version was just playing. Mm-hmm. She was just playing a teenager, right? Who happened to have that head, and it didn't mm-hmm. resonate as much for comedy. But then also, you might get tired of one of those main characters doing that voice the entire time. Just for ninety minutes, it's weird. It's it's, it's long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that uh, Lorne didn't also make a uh, Super Basso movie '95 <laughs> in between Wayne's World <laughs> and. Uh, Do you think that there is a sketch? That was on SNL that would have made a good movie that they never made because I think a Church Lady movie. I was could have just going to really Church good. Lady movie could have been amazing satire. Church Lady would have been really good because mm-hmm. there it's so ripe for a thousand things you could do. I mean, you could even go crazy with it where she actually like meets Satan or something yeah. like that. Like, there's a million things you could have done. I I, I could have seen that. Yeah. And I could have seen that as being a real movie too. Yeah. Well, I think it's a matter of picking a character that has a shelf life of longer than the three minutes in a sketch. It's not about scenario-based sketches. Mm -hmm. It's about these character-driven things. And I think through the years, there have been a ton of amazing characters that the movie could in any 
any possibility the movie could either be great or terrible. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what makes Wayne's World work is that it is not just a movie about taking these two characters and putting them into a family and a work and, you know, yep. filling in the blanks. It's a matter of creating an actual piece of comedy art in the way that they broke the fourth wall and the yeah. way that the movie was shot and the way that these characters are just lovingly portrayed. It, it could go either direction. A church lady movie could be terrible. It yeah, could be yeah, in the wrong. You hand. see the church lady at home. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And as soon as you look at the credits and there's um, 13 writers. Yeah. It's got, it's got to say something and it's got to have. Yeah. And Penelope Sphere has helped greatly by being an amazing director for sure. Yeah. Who knew mm-hmm. the genre and loved the music. But yeah, I think another character that if done, I could see this one being done terribly. But I could also see a really funny Brian Fellows movie happening. Yes. That was oh, just yeah. one of those sort characters. Of safari adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you went way, way back, I would love a samurai movie. Yeah. Just oh, done entirely in gibberish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, a, have him give his rousing speech in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of opportunities. I think, I think where a lot of them fall down. And you, as you pointed out, Chris, like something might be good for five to seven mm-hmm. minutes sometimes, right. but you can't sustain it for 90 yeah. is really like looking at the sketch. Why is it funny for five minutes? Right. The mm-hmm. reason why Blues Brothers, it's, it's about th- that film was partially about the music, which they'd already established. Mm-hmm. And then they could build everything else. Like you said, Mark, they're, they have carte blanche. Because mm-hmm. you're building out the characters. Yeah, yeah you're mm-hmm. building out the characters. Ladies Man, there wasn't much to the sketches. Tim Meadows is a genius, mm-hmm. and he was really funny. The Roxbury guys was a really, like, fun, poking, really great at poking fun of the mid-90s club scene in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the head bombing was hilarious, but there was never really anything more to Yeah, it. that was it. Yeah. It mm-hmm. just became, like, how much more ridiculous, how, how much... More can you heighten what's going on here? They never score with yeah, women. Right. Uh, even Mary Catherine Gallagher, it was always, I smell, I put my arms under, uh, my hands under my arms and smell like this and then falling back on a bunch of chairs. Mm-hmm, right. Worked great in a sketch. Mm-hmm. Molly Shannon again, brilliant and pulls it off well, but there's not a lot of meat on the bone. Right. Wayne's World was so much about the world that that sketch established, mm-hmm. the basement where they are, how they interact with one the another. The Mirthmobile. Yeah, the mer- like how they see the world. That I feel like making a film out of that I mean, they would be simpler. They, they would be podcasters now. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. they had Absolutely. like that, uh, that TV show in their basement, but yeah. you know, now there's, oh, no, they'd have a popular podcast they did out of their garage. That's right. Yeah. yeah they wouldn't have to be on Aurora, <laughs> Illinois, yeah. basic cable. <laughs> I want to jump back quickly and then we can get back into Wayne's world, but, uh, about the SNL characters becoming movies just in general. Yeah. I think one thing that's happened of late, and I think the women of SNL are particularly good at this is the realization that these characters are stars in sketches and are hilarious. Yes. But they don't necessarily need to translate to a full-length movie. We, as performers, are stars and hilarious. We definitely translate to movies. That's why you don't see Maya Rudolph and Amy Poehler and Tina Fey doing their SNL characters in movie form. You see them exploring their own thing in movie form, and they're always themselves. I think the performers from SNL have always gone on and done beautifully. Yeah. I mean, oh, you look, you look that was the first thing that popped in my head. I thought, mm-hmm. well, Bridesmaids is an SNL movie because it's all mm-hmm. SNL women. Um, but it's not. It's no. just, mm-hmm. it's them as themselves all working together. Yes. But it's not an SNL movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that may be the shift that's happened in the past several years. 
yeah, it's hard to think of anything now that would translate into a movie that I'd even want to see in a movie. And I right. watch it religiously. I think it's been a pretty strong season. Mm-hmm. But even recurring stuff, I just want to see it on the show. I don't need to see the world right. behind it. Mm-hmm. I think because the batting average of those films is so low because of the challenges they face mm-hmm. kind of naturally. And even you like Wayne's World too. It's definitely a like a copy of a copy. Yes. And yeah. that it's not mm-hmm. as good. So there's diminishing returns when you For try to sure. do I mean, Blues Brothers 2000. You know, not I, great. I'll tell you, you know, if um, we could give the SNL producers any advice is uh, you don't have to take the characters on SNL to put them in movies. Take your talent and create a movie around them and yeah. just brand it as an SNL movie. Yeah. yeah. We'd still see it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they're a great writer. Like, all the talent is there yeah. to make yeah. great movies. It's that mm-hmm. need to just pull one writer though. Yeah. Don't have thirteen yeah, writers exactly. write a movie. Yeah. But I also get from Lord Michael apparently or a team. all mm-hmm. of those movies, uh, even the ones that that weren't particularly successful, cost so little to make right. that they mm-hmm. were all profitable. To the so Adam Sandler model, them. yeah, yeah. When he made all those movies over at uh, Sony, it was like over and over. And uh, you know, I actually had a meeting over there when they were uh, a long time ago. After they they found, I had a short film at the Aspen Comedy Festival, and they found me, and I had a couple meetings over there, and they said, "Look." We make our movies cheap, and mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't even matter. I think Joe Dirt had just come out. This was a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. they were complaining it's a flop. And they're like, well, no, it made $4 million in opening weekend. It's We made half our budget back. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they, they kept them. That's why they were consistently profitable. And the one thing that they said was the one that cost too much money that bombed was uh, Little Nicky because it had all the special effects in it. Oh, oh yeah. So that was the one that, like, you know, we, we tried something different. It didn't work. Back to making these low-budget, you know, comedies, and then they make a fortune. Now he's doing it for Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. So, all right, we've got two finalists here, Mm -hmm. clearly, right? We've talked a little about both, but the two Mm -hmm. finalists are definitely the Blues Brothers. 79, 80, what year was the Blues Brothers? 1980. 1980's The Blues Brothers versus 1992's Wayne's World. 1980, but it felt like 1979. It did. Sure. It felt like we were still in the 70s. Yeah. It has the everything about it screams seventies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not a futurist film. No. Mm-mm. Here's the question: they're they're different from one another. Yes. Yeah. I think I would say Blues Brothers is probably the bigger cultural institution. Mm-hmm. I would say Wayne's World probably packs more jokes. It's more joke dense. Right. right. They both have great music in them. Mm-hmm. How do you judge what, – what are the criteria we're looking for here? Yeah, I guess comedy was just paced a little slower then. It was in an era when SNL sketches were a little longer and were a few were fewer jokes per page, but and more could, things landed and you had time to – they let a lot more breathe in Blues Brothers. Yeah. And you could mix in the music in between the jokes and the funny yeah. and all those things and then that you know nobody complained. Yeah. So – um, wow, it's if we really broke it down, I would have to say that Blues Brothers is probably the better film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think I enjoyed Wayne's World a little more. Yeah, okay. so that's tough. That's <laughs> that another split that's a, too. Yeah, that's a tough split. <laughs> that's sort of like where we sometimes where we struggle here is we get mm-hmm. to a point where it's like, well, we have our favorite. Mm-hmm. And then we have the other one that we think may be the best. It has to be objective, though. I mean, we figured, yeah. look, we, we, we both love Bill Murray, but we had to determine that he was the worst Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of long sketches, especially that era, mm-hmm. I don't know if either of you remember this. There was, an, I think, a 1979 sketch about Three Mile Island where no. – Jimmy Carter gets turned into like the 30 foot president. Like, he oh gets no, I don't up. remember that. Jeez. I swear it was in reruns. 
when SNL was in reruns on VH1 and MTV, mm-hmm. that sketch aired a lot. And not a lot of sketches, not a lot of shows from that era were airing. And I, I think the sketch took up the entire show. I swear <laughs> it was a 22 yeah. minute long sketch <laughs> where the payoff does not, it like, it does not work for the amount of time you have to mm-hmm, watch it. Right. It's amazing to think they went from that to making Blues Brothers, which is a much tighter movie. Oh, Although for everything's sure. slow, like, if you watch a movie from five years ago, it's slower than it is now. Yeah. As the, the, as technology increases and as our attention yeah. spans get shorter, films get faster and faster and faster and faster. It, it's, uh, it's very, very true. And it actually makes it harder to watch like classic movies. Like mm-hmm. when you're watching like old black and white movies. And I like, especially for doing a film podcast for so long and we, we wrote the book, Comedy Film Nerd's Guide to Movies. I actually took the chapter on like film school classics mm-hmm. because I thought it was important because I remember watching like an old movie and going, well, why, why am I not enjoying this the way I used to? And I realized it was because of those things, because of our attention spans and the mm-hmm. way things are moving so quickly. So an interesting thing happens if you stick with it. If you watch an older movie at a slower pace and you don't look at your phone or anything, your brain actually slows down to actually watch and enjoy that movie a little bit more. Wow. So it's a really interesting thing. And uh, because it's a lot of times when we're like, oh, it's too slow. I'm done. I'm done. But nope. Sit down, no distractions, watch yeah. it. And then, you know, 30 minutes into the Maltese Falcon, you'll be like, oh, this is a great movie. I, you know, it's funny you mentioned, yeah. mentioned Bogart. I, I was just thinking <laughs> Key Largo was yep. that for me. Mm-hmm. Key Largo is slow paced. It's one yep. location, but it's mm-hmm. great. Yep. I do love if you go way, way back, they pick up the pace again with the uh, 30 screwballs. Like those old screwball comedies when they're just talking so Mm -hmm. fast and it's Mm -hmm. a million jokes a minute and just Mm -hmm. delivered by masters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything with the Marx Brothers also. Yeah. Yeah. Duck Soup is classic. Yeah. Still. And it's nonstop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hammers away at you the whole Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. He he gets mad because he can't read. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the Marx Brothers, you you bring me back around by mentioning the Marx Brothers in that they always had their, their, lunacy was a bit of a wink to what was going on uh, in the world that they created. I think yeah. both Wayne's World and Blues Brothers have a wink to mm-hmm. them. I think Blues Brothers is subtler and more elegant right? because of how understated the characters are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there you have to kind of dig for and earn that wink a little more, like to feel like you are in right. on the movie. <laughs> Wayne's World invites you in. Yes. Blues mm-hmm. Brothers feels like mm-hmm. here's an insane thing. Mm-hmm. You can come in if you want, but we're going to have the Bluesmobile do a giant flip, and then we're going to have two Nazis in a car inexplicably drive over an overpass that must be 20 miles yes. up in the air. <laughs> Somebody posted that online the other day, uh, that little clip from Blues Brothers. was like, hey, everybody, remember how insane this scene is? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the car pile up. Yeah. Like, a thousand cop cars. The thousand yeah. cop car pile like, the audacity of some of the tentpole scenes in Blues Brothers, mm-hmm. what it asks its audience to believe, I think might edge it for me more than Wayne's World. Wayne's World presents itself to you as a superbly crafted piece of comedy magic. Yeah. Yes. Blues Brothers presents itself to you as 
just what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's also a timelessness to Blues Brothers, even though it's clearly placed in 1979 and not 1980. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it definitely does feel like it's from the 70s, but there's something less oddly less dated about it yeah a, well there's yeah. nazis and that's a 40s yeah. thing there's yeah. music from all the way back to the 40s and 50s and like so angry nuns yeah yeah which have oh, been the, around since the you know 12th century yeah. and saying i'm sorry that's so good that's such mm-hmm. a great it's bit. yeah it's it's so the tableaus in that just you mentioning that uh, the nuns like the tableaus in that movie mm. are so beautiful too like as a linear story Wayne's World is amazing but the Blues Brothers I could I can imagine every tableau that's in the theme park ride of it oh, <laughs> yeah. you know what I yeah. mean and they're all we're in the musical epic. number now exactly. yeah uh-huh. exactly <laughs> the yeah. car chase mm-hmm. so I think do we have our decision here. Wow, it's uh, it's a tough one. It's tough. I, you know, I would probably have to go. Even though, like I said, I had a little more fun at Wayne's World. Got to go with Blues Brothers. It's objectively, yeah. I think, the yeah. winner. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. There you go, people of the world. <laughs> get ready to dance and wear sunglasses everywhere because the best SNL movie. If you haven't seen it, it's the originals, the the first SNL movie, yeah. and it's the reason why all the other ones even exist because it was so successful. It's 1980s, the Blues Brothers. Jake and Elwood forever. Sorry, Mac. Blues Brothers 2000 never happened. And you too, little kid. I don't even know your name. Not going to remember it. Glad you had the work. Happy for you. Enjoy those residuals. <laughs> anyway, this topic is settled. There's so many others out there. That's right. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets. Check out the Maximum Fun subreddit or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. And hey, while you're at it, go and check out on Kickstarter right now because it is ending tomorrow. Do it now. That's right. I'm telling uh, you. Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon, Dragon Master. Master. Yes. Go to kickstarter.com. Type it in. Yes. Chances are this is the only one with that title. Uh, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. And then, or yes. you could just go to comedyfilmnerds.com and click on the link there. But we need you to do it right now because yes. it's uh, it will end at, at 10 and it's a it's a 160 page book. So the ask is a little higher. Yep. So we need definitely more people to pledge. But there's some great rewards. You just want the book. Great. But if you want um, the full Starburns digital library, if if you want a tour of Starburns, if you want an art commissions, any of like the really cool uh, other rewards, if you want more than just the book, they're there too. Yeah, yeah. Go and check it out. It's the holiday season. This is a great gift to get for somebody, and it will when it's ready, they'll get it. So it's like the promise of an exactly. awesome book that mm-hmm. they're going to get. Uh, this is the this is the time to do it. It does. And hey, not only should you back, but you should tell other people about it as well. We all know at least five people who love comic books or kung fu or any of those things that were on that yes, DVD yeah, show. Yeah, or Funny comedies, dragons, yeah. monsters, Army fights, of darkness, yes. fighting. <laughs> Share it with those people as well. Blast it out. Let everybody know. Let's get this across the finish line where it deserves to be. That's right. And Chris, thank you so much for coming on the yeah. show and chatting with us. Thanks, guys. This was great. This was a treat. <laughs> yeah. uh, you are so knowledgeable about movies. So we <laughs> knew that we wanted to do a movie topic with you. Yes. yes. Ten years. That's right. <laughs> Ten years of film. We'll have you back again and we'll do more films. Yeah. Awesome. More movie stuff. Yay. Thank you for your film knowledge. Great. Uh, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to do our first ever mailbag for episode 250. 
You're listening to We Got This. Enjoy hearing about some of the other fine shows on the Maximum Fun Network. Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Again, what's your deal? <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. Got a message for you. Hi, it's me, April Wolf, the host of Switchblade Sisters and co-writer of the new horror film, Black Christmas. And I'm Katie Walsh, film critic and occasional host of Switchblade Sisters. We're here to announce that for one episode, we will be doing something a little different. Much like Jeff Goldblum and David Cronenberg's The Fly, I will be going through a truly disturbing transformation. April will transform from the interviewer into the interviewee. I will be asking her all about her new film, Black Christmas, her writing process, and ongoing existential dread. But I will also be discussing John Carpenter's perfect masterpiece, Prince of Darkness. You guys seen any movies you like? So tune in to Switchblade Sisters for a one-of-a-kind episode with April Wolf and me, Katie Walsh. See you then. Only the corrupt I listen to now. And we're back. All right, Hal. Happy 250th uh, quarter millennial. Is that? I don't know what it would sure. be. Something like that. That's all right. Sesquibicentennial. Sesquibicentennial Hannah. Yeah. Susquehanna Road in the neighborhood where I grew up. This card that you just wrote for me is really long. I just wanted you to remember. Are you just free associating on this? You just turn off a Huntington Pike on the Meeting House Road, (laughs) and then you can pick up Susquehanna right there, and you travel through a nice wooded area. It's really enjoying. I feel like you just printed MapQuest onto this card. uh, In 250 feet, turn right onto (laughs) Statler Drive. and uh, Why does MapQuest have a different voice for the streets? Should it just be a different font that I'm reading? It is. That's bold. Bald. Do you ever use bald? <laughs> Listen, I can't speak. It's been a long day and yeah. it's journey into night. You've, you look, you've made it, uh, all the way up to my home here in, uh, beautiful North Hollywood, California. The Gagliardi compound. That's right. We're, uh, we're seeing each other face to face again. Yes. Cause I got a little time off for the holidays. As it should be. Yeah. Face to face. Face to face. Couple of silver spoons. That's right. Riding our train around <laughs> the living room and, we spent so much time. By the way, I just, because I know what you're about to say, the image of the train, not with us on it, but with big bags coming in. And uh <laughs> that's our mailbag. That's the mailbag. Yeah. It's delivered by Ricky's train. <laughs> Actually, it was his dad's train. Yeah. I don't even think it was Ricky's train. No. His, ostensibly, it was Ricky's train, yeah. but it was his dad's we train. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Please no, continue. I was going to say, we spent so much time solving topics you bring to us that we thought it would be fun to lift the veil Re- uh, reveal behind the curtain yeah. some of the stuff that actually goes on behind couple the show. A couple of real Ozzes. Yeah, we're a couple of real We're We're turning the hand cranks That's and right. flipping switches. It's very steampunk back here. Yeah, and we figured we'd answer some of your questions about the show, about us. So this is our first ever mailbag. This is exciting. 250. It is exciting. All right. So here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick things off. Okay, this is John David Ranny. What's up, John David Ranny? Hey, John David Ranny. Uh, who asks, of all the topics debated, which one was the most difficult, which one was most satisfying, and which decisions did you like the most? This is a lot of questions. Let's just talk about which one uh, was the most satisfying, because there are a few others along this line. We're going to give you one of the 12 things you asked us. <laughs> what, what was the most satisfying one for you? But the funny thing is, yeah. I don't remember 
I don't remember what the decision was. I don't remember who ultimately was the winner. Right. But the most satisfying one to me that felt like it almost had like a story arc was, uh, best vintage toy with Janet Varney. Oh, because, uh, because of the way we went about it. Because we, yeah, as we went through the decades and then when we eliminated each of the individual, uh, toys from each decade, we phoned them. And, uh, and talk to them and deliver the news personally. Yeah. So that was very satisfying to have an episode where we actually, uh, delivered, delivered the bad news to those as they were eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. I, I think for me, I like one where sometimes we'll come up with a topic or one of the other will pitch it. Whoever pitches it, the other one will go, I don't know if that's a full episode. Oh, I love those. Usually, usually it's you saying, I don't think it's yeah. a full episode. And Sometimes then it's me. Yeah. And then I'm, you know, standing but, up and yelling at you. Then we get there. But this was one where we knew at the beginning what the decision was, which is Twizzlers versus Red Vines. And the oh. game of, of that episode for us was how long can we go of you <laughs> railing against of me? Like, how long can I play neutral before I get to like, a, like, like in wrestling heel turn? Yeah. Red vines and hit them with a steel chair. <laughs> that was like a really sad. I feel like we did that one really well. That is one that oh, I was satisfied really with. Uh, that is a good one. Okay. Oh, here's, a, here's another one. Mm-hmm. This is Steve. Schreier. Are we done with that quartet of questions? Well, yeah, I'm not going to approach those other ones yet because I think okay. they're repeated in here. Oh, okay. I'm cool. Picking that one out. All right. Steve Schreider asks, are there any topics that you and Mark have both agreed not to cover on the show for one reason or another? Yeah, anything important. Yeah. That's always been our thing. No politics, no religion. Yeah, and, and no, like, heavy family stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think we had – there's some there's some weird, like, really heavy uh, topics that people uh, pitch to us sometimes, I think. Yeah. But our whole thing is, nope, this is almost a commentary on – how arguing works on the internet. Yes. And we can't make it if people are actually arguing. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a respite also from, from a lot of those things. Yeah. Like this is, again, I say it every episode and I, I believe it that the, what's, what makes our Facebook group work is not only all of you who show up to have these conversations, but that all the arguments are civil. Like we're all just talking about differences of opinion about things that will not heavily affect anybody's life. Yeah. And, and, the, and generally it's live and let live. Exactly. Like, that's the answer for all of these yeah. is live and let live. live. If one of these is your favorite, like that's, let that be your favorite, you know? Yeah. But that's, that's, I love that about it. Yeah. Um, and everybody's just so nice. Even when they get heated, it's always like, you know, uh, individually pulling the fingers and pulling the glove off, slap in the face, <laughs> sort of silly versions of it. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the sort of the whole point of what we do that we set out to do from the beginning. Yeah. So that, that, if we think that something is too, like, heated a topic or that it's too sensitive in some areas, that's, mm-hmm. we'll steer clear of that. But I think yeah. by and large, the people who submit stuff to us get that. So we yeah. don't get a lot of like, you know, uh, I don't know. What is your opinion of the military? Well, right. That's well, we did, we did topic. early on, like we used to tease at the very beginning. It was always, uh, and <laughs> next week, best religion. Yeah. Nope. You were pushing yeah. for that. <laughs> that is the Acker and Blacker of this show. Yeah. 
where oh, those, man. where that segment was just sort of moved Phased away. out. But it's a good piece. It was a good bit. Oh my God. I have a couple here from Jessica Clement that I think are good. Here's, Great. Here's Hi, Jessica. One. Hello, Jessica. How do you filter topics? Like, how do we maybe figure out what we're going to do? How do we decide what we're going to do for a live show? I want to talk mm-hmm. about Clean Slate a little bit later. Yeah. But I, well, on our, we have a Google, uh, sheet. Yes. Uh, that I always have trouble opening and finding or did for a long time because I did not understand the intricacies of the Google matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, but Hal eventually, eventually Hal just started uh, texting it to me every time. And at one point, I don't know if it's still on there, but we went through and you made a column for each of us. Yes. And we would put a little check mark by the ones that we liked. And wherever there was crossover, those are the episodes that we would do. Right, because we both looked at it. I, I feel like I felt like there were more episodes on the list than you did at the time of like, yeah. maybe this is a clean slate or this seems to involve. So we just sort of picked what we liked. And I mm-hmm. think over the time, to- over time, I don't even know if we've done all the ones with crossover, but I wound up hiding those columns because it would confuse guests. I remember when, when Griffin McElroy did the show and we shared it with him, he was like, what are these columns with the X's on it? Is that something I need to pay attention to? So it was just, let's make it as clean as possible for them. But I, I, and also like, we don't want to sway what somebody wants to pick. Yeah. We can all, the thing about this, I think is we can always figure out a way to talk about anything because we are blowhards. Yes. That's right. Blows hard, blowhards. Yeah. Blowhards. Yeah. Blowharders. Yeah. That was the sequel. Blowhard (laughs) 2. A good day to blow hard. Do you remember in <laughs> Die Hard 2 when the bad guy, I think it's William Sadler, where he has a gun and the way he gets through the metal detector is he throws it in the air and then catches <laughs> it on the other side and that works? And when I saw that, this was like 1990, I think. Uh-huh. Every time I went to the airport, I looked to make sure nobody was trying to pull that. Oh my God, that no one was trying to throw a gun over the thing. Yeah, just like I used to, to himself. Um, my bit of paranoia that movies gave me as a kid is I used to uh, check grown-ups uh, the back of their necks for zippers to make sure they weren't aliens. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I used to do as a little kid. Because they all buy their human masks at, <laughs> yeah, at the same place. It's the same Halloween store. Yeah. Welcome to Zipper Necks. Yeah. Whose mask do you want? <laughs> you want I like think it's banker? because I had a mask as a kid that had a zipper up the back. Like, you oh, know, you had you a had zipper get, uh, yeah. it would have to fit pretty snugly and then it zipped up the back. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Ridiculous. That's how you know when they're aliens. Uh, I think also sometimes we'll go, all right, we want to record. Let's aim for something that's like a half hour, 45 minutes. So we'll try to pick a topic based on that. Yeah, we never have gone a half hour. That's very rare. No. Very, very rare. And then guests – usually we'll let guests choose. Mm-hmm. But then for live shows – we try to think of a big – like what's a big topic? Like Star Wars versus Star Trek for, for Adam Savage. Yeah, and also for different sense. audiences. Like yeah. if we're at a con, we can do some more you know, more comics or movie or pop culture stuff. Yeah. Uh, if we're – if it's just a like a comedy show, that's when we do like – you know, best candy or, you know, yep. we'll, we'll try to do, keep them more general so we can draw as big an audience as we, uh, or as loud and engaged an audience as we can. Yes. That is a, that is a very good question. Here's another one. How many pages of research from Kate McManus exist in the WGT archives? A lot. There are a lot. And so like, I'll reach out to her generally mm-hmm. about a week before if I know. I know it drives her crazy when we do episodes that probably should get researched, uh-huh. but we decide to do them with like, when like we're going to be recording in half an hour and we're like, all right, what topic do you want to discuss? And there, and yeah. we'll pick something that absolutely needs to be researched. hundred percent. And I'll be like, I'll do a quick like scan of the internet and I'll be like, oh, I looked some stuff up. I know Kate is like, <laughs> I want to kill him. Yeah. Kate does a wonderful, wonderful job she for does. the show and 
has been our lifeline for so many episodes. And volunteers. Like, I know. It's so sweet. And I know it's now posting some of the uh, research. Which is uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how much of her archive she's going to release, but there's some great stuff she in the can, archive. Yeah. Roll it out however you want, yeah. Kate. But there are spreadsheets. Sometimes it is an actual like Word, mm-hmm. a Google Word doc. Yeah. It depends on sort of what I ask. And there's always for. a notes section, which is always very yeah. amusing stuff. I love that she adds her own uh, viewpoint, which is different than ours, yeah. which is also really yeah. nice to have. Sometimes it's like, hey, Bozos, talk about this thing because yeah. I know you'll skip over it. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, great to have I that guy it. because we're, you know, we've got white guy blinders on. Exactly. We can only see really as much as we see, as much as we try to evolve and, and grow, we, we are sort of who we are. So it's nice yeah. to have that outside opinion. Yeah. Another good question. And finally, to complete the Jessica Clement trilogy, who yells at you more about wrong decisions, Kate McManus or Ken Plume? Ah, I think I talk to Ken almost every day. I talk to Ken all the time too. Yeah, I talk to Ken more than Kate. Yeah, Ken. When we when Ken thinks we got something wrong, he doesn't yell at us. No, it's just like he's disappointed. Uh huh. Which is worse, you know what I mean? Like when you're a kid and it's like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's like, oh no. (laughs) Um. Uh, but, uh, Barbara Hackey always texts me yes. when we get it wrong. I always know when she's, uh, just listened to an episode that she disagrees with because I will get a fun, long tirade. So Hi, the Barbara. Is Barb. Yeah. <laughs> she probably hits us up more. She's the most vocal of people who we personally know. Yeah. Although Ken will. Who's just like, no. Yeah. Ken will let you know because he comes, like, if I talk to him, I tell him what we're recording. If I tell him, then he'll. He'll go, oh, it's this, right? I'm like, no, I'm not having the conversation yeah, with stop, you. Stop, stop. This know. is not I yeah. yeah. So you, I already know what he thinks. So if we pick something else, then I just get to wait because he has to listen to it while he's editing <laughs> and know that I've like planted a little – like the perfection time board. <laughs> I know that ticker's coming down and as he's working out, it's going to pop up in his face. You know he's listening to this and editing this. That whole last bit might not even be in this. This is true. Yeah. He might have cut it all out and just said, Cat is great. I didn't cut it out, but Ken is great. Uh, Grace Brown asks, do the two of you ever actually argue about a topic instead of debating it? I don't, I don't know what the question is. Uh, is like, it, I guess get heated. Do we actually get heated? Have we? I don't think we ever have actually gotten heated. We've gotten annoyed with each other. Yes. Not like heated though. When we hit an impasse. When we hit an impasse. Christmas song, like going, the, the stuff that got us onto Judge John Hodgman. Yeah. Was based in both of us getting annoyed with the other. That's the thing. It wasn't based in, it wasn't based in our firm belief that the decision was right or wrong right. on either side. It was about, this is us seeing how we act when we dig in. Yeah. And going, oh, I do not care for this. Yes. Yeah. It's like each of us going, I don't care. This will be a 90 hour episode. Yeah. Neither of us are like, we're like, we're like filibustering one yeah, another. Yeah. We were just, we were just, yeah. We were, it is funny though. Every once in a while. Yeah. When we start to get to an impasse and I know, I know that we're nearing time. Yeah. I've started to use this technique. I know you've used this technique uh-huh. of just stretch it out to about an hour because somebody's, somebody's got to give. <laughs> and you've used it way more than I have. I don't, I don't know that I've ever consciously thought you about that. You do. I do know that there are times where I can, uh, outweigh you on something. Yeah. But also feel like there are times where you, you're so passionate about something mm-hmm. that even if I don't 100% agree, mm-hmm. I, I sort of weigh and go, 
is this something I'm really going to convince him right. of? Have I have I at least gotten the point of view out there just for the sake of somebody listening for them to go, hey, I agree with what Hal said, even if it wasn't yeah. the – like I think people – I know I enjoy if I have an opinion about something and I hear on a podcast I listen to that echoed, that feels mm-hmm. good. So I just want to get it out there, but I'll go, I'm going to cede the mark. I'm fine with it. <laughs> like yeah. I'm okay. It's fine. It's, it's well, fine. You pick your hills to die on. Exactly. Uh, to use maybe an overused phrase, but we do it a lot. Yeah. Uh, in the moment and on the fly, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> and that was early. That was within the first year of us doing the show. Yeah. So I don't think we had quite figured that part of it out yet. Right. So we're, we're better at navigating those impasses than we were. Mm-hmm. Peter Brown asks, who drives on the weekends and who drives on the weekdays? <laughs> I drive uh, very slow in the driveway on Sundays. I'm a very good driver. Uh, when I have a car, I drive in the fast lane. <laughs> then I, you know, don't have a car for a while. Then I get another car and I drive in the fast lane. Do you know what kind of car you're getting next? Have you no. already started to think about? I've it? started to think about it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. All right. You know what I like? Uh, Tommy showed me the Bolt. It's the Chevy. It's the it's Chevy like hatchback, electric. Right? Yeah, it's fully electric. But that's different. They have a Volt and a Bolt. There's the a Volt, Volt and a, a Bolt. Bolt is smaller. No, Bolt is fully electric. Volt is a oh. hybrid, which sucks because, like, can't you just turn the Volt into the into the electric one? It's right. called a Volt. But, but the Volt has, like, a very small gas tank. It's not like a Prius. Right. All right. Oh, that'd be cool. Get an electric car. Yeah. I love it. All right. Emmy Robertson asks. By the way, this yeah. whole thing, are, are we being indulgent right now? That, well, people said they were interested in it. Okay. So, yeah, of course we are. Good. We're always but being indulgent. We've earned it over the course of 250 episodes <laughs> where we were also indulgent. Well, did we indul- Did we earn this cake that's between us? Yes. Wow, it's a big cake. I can't wait till we put some on each other's noses <laughs> and then feed one another. That's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Evie Robertson says, uh, asks, says, I know you guys have worked together for many years, but what made you want to do this podcast together and how did you decide on the format? When the Thrilling Adventure Hour was coming to an end, we knew about it, I don't know, nine months before. Yeah. Certainly before it was announced anywhere. We all got we the sit-down talk. Yeah, we all – in like pairs. We all had a, we all had a meal in – yeah, in, you know, pairs or – Who uh, who you paired with? Uh, Annie. I was paired with Craig. Mm-hmm. And we went and had dinner in Los Feliz. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we all were taken to the same restaurant. I think we were. I'm sure, I'm sure we were. That's so funny. Uh, to be told, but I started thinking about as it was getting, as it was ending, I was like, what am I going to do? I knew you were moving to New York mm-hmm. and I wanted to stay in touch with you. Yeah. And I thought like, we should, I'm going to grab, we're, we're all the, the, this ship is going down. <laughs> That's a terrible way to put no, it. No, not like it's, you know what I mean? Like the show's ship is coming, coming up January the 6th, the weekend of January 16th, everybody. That's true. Yeah. Now it's back. Uh, but at the time I was like, I don't know if this is ever coming back at all outside of the tort. Like, it seems like it's ending. I want to work with Mark. I'm going to grab him and we're going. So I think I reached well, out. I'm really, to you, you said, did. I'm really glad that you did reach out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you said, what was it on your, well, I, I wanted to do a podcast together. Yeah. That was not thrilling adventure hour at yeah. all. Did I pitch you this idea? You did. I thought that yeah. this would be a fun form. I just thought it would be a fun form. You're, look, I you're the genius hear. behind this whole show is what you're saying. <laughs> well, it doesn't run without both of us. So. <laughs> I'm just the uh, – I'm the heel that uh, – <laughs> yeah. I'm Margaret Dumont to your Marx Brothers. Well, what did you think on your end when I reached out to you? I thought it was a great idea. I was nervous at first because I've only ever uh, acted. Yeah. Uh, and I'd never really – like I'd never really – 
gotten my opinions and like, you know, just like, you know, talked off the cuff as myself on the fly in recorded uh, situations. Yeah. So that part of it made me nervous. I was never a stand up. You know what I mean? Like we, we did uh, improv shows. Like we're always playing characters. Yeah. Um, so that, that idea was hard at first. Uh, but as soon as we started doing it, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, oh, I just don't, I'll just pretend there aren't microphones here. I do remember having a conversation. I remember I was like driving and I had you on speakerphone mm-hmm. and we were having that conversation where you were with, I remember those reservations. For some reason, that's a mm-hmm. conversation I remember. I remember having it very vividly. But yeah. Like knowing, you know, I known you at that point for 12 years. Yeah. I knew that you were smart and funny and likable. Oh. And that's part of the fun of it is like, this is what it's like hanging out. I, li- I look, yeah, recently- that's the thing. And that's what I really like about it is, and, uh, I guess, I mean, a lot of podcasts are like, that's the goal, I guess, is yeah. to make it sound like you're just hanging out and you are a delight to hang out with. So it, I was like, well, this, this should be fun for everyone's ears. <laughs> How's a delight? Well, thank you. Let, here's the follow up from Emmy Robertson. Finally, how has your friendship changed as a result of doing the show? Huh. I think I it's like grown a lot. Yeah, we've gotten a lot closer. Even yeah. in thrilling, we saw each other all the time. We had already yeah. known each other. You know, we had worked together in Sketch a Sketch at Second City. Like right. That had sort of brought us closer together. But this was because we were sort of relying on one another. Yeah. We were the show that it's – we've gotten a lot closer. Yeah. I and think. also we have 250 hours of knowing how each other feels about things. Yeah. And infinitely more hours than that, knowing each, knowing how each other feels about things from traveling together and yeah. doing road gigs, uh, both with thrilling and night veil. And now we got this and yeah, I think it's grown a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Oh, this is a, this is a quick one. This is from Alexandra Stoilis for funsies. What's your favorite Star Wars character? Ooh. It's going to be, for me, I, yeah. I've been watching them all in order again. Mm-hmm. This is personal favorites. This isn't like best yeah, Star Wars. Did we do best Star Wars character? We did. We did. It was R2-D2, wasn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> it wasn't? I think it was. Was I it think... Princess Leia? Oh, maybe. R2-D2 might be my favorite character. Darth Vader? I don't know. Darth Vader's yours? Who remembers? I'm trying to think. Now I'm trying to think of minor mine is, characters mine is Han that Solo. I love. I love Han Solo. Han Solo's great. I was a big Ever since I was a kid, I would wear a little... Like down vest, mm-hmm. pretend like I was him. amazing. I got the underoos. I quit bedwetting because of Han Solo. My mom said I could get Han Solo underoos if I quit wetting the bed. I immediately stopped, which means <laughs> I was fully capable of stopping before that. <laughs> you were also twelve. Yeah, exactly. I'd already had my growth spurt, so it was hard to get the underoos. <laughs> but my growth spurt didn't go very high because I'm Italian. <laughs> you just move one size up. Yeah. You wear a husky child, even though you're not a husky <laughs> child at that point. Oh my god, you almost made me spit coffee. They don't do husky anymore. My mother was overweight when she was a kid. And uh-huh. They she has to shop in the husky section, and that was very difficult for oh her. Oh my god! And now I go to Casual Male XL, and I'm like, oh, I know what that's like. Yeah. Look, I uh, I wore the husky pants. We had them at uh, Sturm's Youth World. That was where we all. <laughs> that sounds so made up. It <laughs> sounds like a, like there's a real place called Sterns. Like we're Sterns. We're yeah. just as good. <laughs> we're just as good as Sterns. Come to Sterns. Yeah, it's Stern. It's Sterns Kids World. This is Sterns Youth World. You want some Levi jeans? <laughs> oh my god! Moshkosh bagosh. 
Uh, she, uh, Alexandra also asks, will we get any other or repeated TAH guests on the show? Uh, the answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. We're about to get the gang back together again in San Francisco. So, uh, yeah. it'll be a good time for us to just accost people for a weekend and make them do shows with us. That's right. Put out those asks. Yeah. Always. I mean, that's sort of where we started. That's how our pool of guests began. And, and they're all just our great. friends. So it's great. Yeah. You know. But definitely there are a few uh, – Tim Amundsen is oh, yeah. overdue to be on the show. He was going to be on it way at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then he obviously had his own stuff he had to deal with for a while. But yeah. uh, I have to circle back with him. You know, We've all been in a text thread together for years. So yeah. not that far of a stretch. But uh, yeah, the, the answer is yes. That is the short answer to that. And Samantha and Nap, oh, this kind of touches on what we were talking about before. Do you feel that a time restraint hinders or rushes your decision? I think that we're a show, uh, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I think that our decisions, while final and binding for all time in the world of the show, still exist only to facilitate a good time and a fun conversation. Yeah. And I think a conversation that goes on too long will eventually, uh, wear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. You I, know what I mean? I, like, I feel like we can sense it. Yeah. And we, a lot of them, we kind of know what the correct answer is all along. Yeah. I think it's nice to just try to arc a conversation. Yeah. 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 It's for sure. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we realize we're not as far along as right. we thought we'd be. You know, we thought we were going to be down the block and we've only gotten to the mailbox. Yeah. So we kind of have to speed it along well, from there. And it happens a lot with, uh, episodes where we are picking the best, uh, probably a pop culture, uh, property. Uh, like the best version of that or whatever. And we'll wind up talking about all the different versions in the first round before we're like, and then we'll take these to the finals. Yeah. And then by the time we get to the finals, it's like, okay, well, we've said everything we can about (laughs) R2-D2 and Princess Leia already. Yeah. We just have to decide which of the two of them is the best Star Wars character. Yeah. I think it's sort of as as long as it needs to be in that respect. Her second question was, what keeps us to that time limit? Originally, we wanted it to be a half hour. Yeah. And then all of you asked for it to be longer because of your commute or because you're doing it while you're working out or, or whatever yeah. activity. So. I'm sorry you dr- you're driving for so long and or congrats on having those good long workouts. Yeah, good for you. But I think sometimes it, it, I don't think we've gotten longer than an hour and a half. No, but that's at, probably our longest. At a certain point, it's I think it's I'd rather you want more. Yeah. And I know you feel the same way. Sure. In Turk Pipkin's book, Be a Clown, one of the rules of clowning was always leave him wanting more. Is Turk Pipkin the person who runs Sturms? (laughs) (laughs) Also sounds super fun. Hi, I'm Turk Pipkin. Turk Pipkin is the greatest clown name of all time. It was a book I was obsessed with as a kid. Yeah. It was called Be a Clown. It was a klutz book. Okay. So it came with a red nose. It came, you know, klutz books always came with stuff. I have have a uh, klutz juggling beanbags at my desk. I have some right down there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, the klutz, uh, you know, those, see, it was one of those klutz. I loved those klutz books as a kid. No, oh, those are so great. Uh, okay. which ones, which klutz books did you, did I you write? I had the juggling for klutz. So juggling, juggling for the complete klutz. I, that was it. I can't remember what the other one there was. There was a harmonica one for the I musically challenge or something like that. Yeah. That was a great one. It was for just the like music klutz. Yeah. For music klutzes. Uh, say, got a tin ear? You're those, you're that tin ear is gonna fall you down some steps with those two left feet. We're really trying to make clutch connections here, people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had that one. I had the juggling. I had the, uh, the, 
the clown one, I had the balloon animal one, and I had the harmonica one. Yeah. All the ones that would have gotten you the showman badge in Boy Scouts. Yes. There's a showman badge? Yeah. You have it. I do. It was the, kind of the only That's one I got. That was the best. That was yeah. the Because you would show up at every – Actually, no. It wasn't a – it was a Cub Scout badge. It okay. Was a, yeah. You show up at those meetings wearing a phantom mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for yeah. a meeting. Yeah. Uh, stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge it. Nighttime <laughs> shoppers. Gagliardi. To the flag. <laughs> oh, that is good. Uh, Cassie Jennings asks, this may be a weird question, but here goes. All right. I'm excited, Cassie. When you're recording the show, are you just being yourselves or do you feel like you're playing characters named Mark and Hal? What, what do you think? I think that we are being ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I think that we, like, we speak in a way that's, you know, better for listening. You know what I mean? Presentationally. Yeah. We speak present. Thank you. But it's us. I could not have said that worse. (laughs) It's a hundred percent us. It's just, uh, it's us on a stage. Right. Aware of a time limit yeah. and keeping something moving. Keeping a pace going. I feel like I get in trouble for the stuff I say on almost every podcast I do because I tend to not filter my – like I'm yeah. just going to say the embarrassing thing. There's one – there are very few stories I have that are embarrassing stories that I would never tell mm-hmm. on a podcast out of respect to my wife. And it's right. not like I got crazy one night. But just like – there's got to be some stuff that I don't say, <laughs> but by and large, there there aren't a lot of things that are off limits, and yeah. and I think it's better. You know, we agreed sort of at the start, like let's just be us, and that's yeah, that's what we sort of banked on. So it's not a weird question; it's a good no, question. it's a good question. I've it's, actually you know? I've started in the last I don't know how long trying to open up a little more to that, not politically speaking, mm-hmm. but letting more of my opinions be out there because I've always, I had always come from a place of maybe it was working at theme parks for so long that you don't want to alienate anyone. Um, and now I, I'm losing a little bit of that. And I don't want to like, I'm not trying to deliberately alienate people, but I want to, I want my opinions to be, you know, my actual opinions, which they've always been my actual, I realize I sound like a crazy person right now. No, no, no. You feel more comfortable sharing who you are. Because you work you. in so many environments. I love you. that you just came from therapy over to here. <laughs> I did. I did just. Come did I just? There. I didn't mean to no, just put fine. you on blast because no, you're like, okay. here's what you're trying to say. I know. I get yeah. what you're trying to communicate, mm-hmm. and it's that's hard to do. It's very hard to do. Yeah. Here's a follow up from Cassie. How do you feel about how this is for me? How do you feel about having your names come second in the show title, and how is that decision made? I think I maybe pitched the whole title. I, don't, uh, I mean, I don't care if, if my name comes second or not. And I think Mark and Hal flows better than I th- Hal. Yeah, Mark. I think at, with a show like this, it does, like, yeah. nobody thinks of them as separate things. Yeah, I don't think Mark and Hal is like one word, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. For purposes of this show. Right. And in life, Hal, yes. I've made these buttons. I need you to wear this. It just says Mark and Hal. I know I said button. It's a name tag, Hal. Yep, it sure is. It's very big. It's very big. Bigger than a normal name tag. Well, that's why it's got three pins on the back. Mm, Do you need me? Do you need me to do the backs? Do you have an eraser? One of the backs is missing. It'll stab you in the chest. I thank you for telling me that after I put it on. Let me get you an eraser. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Anna Breck asks, 
How do you sleep at night after the best pretzel shape? <laughs> Sorry, debacle. Debacle. She used the word debacle. Maybe she meant to type debate and autocorrect was like, no, it was a debacle. <laughs> she used uh, MapQuest? Yeah. Um, I, I sleep like a baby. Yeah, I sleep pretty well. That was fun that we had like a spike. Oh, we grudged that was, something. That together. was, you know what? That to me was weirdly satisfying in its dissatisfaction. <laughs> yeah. Because as a, as an episode of We Got This, it was the least satisfying ending. <laughs> yeah. But as a comedy bit, it was the perfect ending. Yeah. We got where we needed to go. Pretzel rod. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes it. <laughs> I still do. Will oh. bite a pretzel rod off and make a little boat to scoop oh ice cream. Oh my god! I still blame. I still blame you for that. Oh, whole it's episode. my fault. Sure, yeah. of course. But you know what? <laughs> it's settled. It's settled and sealed. There's nothing yeah. anybody can do about it. I don't know. Is it? Uh, can we take him out of the vault for this uh, for this holiday season? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Jessica Nicole Freeman asks, "What has been the most divisive decision made on the show?" Kind of a good follow up to Pretzel Shape. Uh, either between us or the audience. I think it's ketchup on a hot dog. Div- oh, that would be the most divisive for the audience. Yeah. The one that we were at the impasse was that Christmas song episode. Christmas song. But that had, again, was not about that. It was just about us being grumpy with each other. Yeah. Which turned into a pretty fun little uh, run of episodes. It had a, it had a great payoff yeah. with Hodgman. Um, yeah. Um, what do you think? I think th- I think it's that. I think it's the hot dog. Ketchup on a hot dog continues to follow us. I think that's because Ken keeps stoking the he flames. Brings it up, but but so do uh, so do a lot of the people who are listening. A lot of people on Twitter or Facebook. Like that's just something that that is synonymous with our show. Yeah, which is fun. I like yeah. that. Like people will just send us pictures of them with ketchup on a hot dog yeah. and be like, "Hey, jerks!" They just love to torture us with. Yeah, them, which is I I it, I kind of love it. It's pretty great. I'm pleased that you think of us when you have a meal. Yeah, at a fair. Or hey, look, yeah. I've had that as just a meal before. <laughs> uh, I have some curry ketchup on a hot dog is really good because you like because you get the heat. Yeah, well, you get like you get a good hot dog and you get just like a little drizzle of good curry ketchup, which you can make. I'd like to try a hot dog with just some chipotle sauce on it, or Ooh. like a nice like habanero, like a nice just heat on yeah. it. Yeah, there's and a then great some cheese. There was a great got hot it. dog. Yeah, you gotta like a little cheese on yeah, a dog. A little bit on there. Did you know that Adam Gertler made a dog? For, uh, our Adam Gertler, former guest of the show. Yes. At, uh, at Doghouse. He, he's made a bunch there. Has he? Yeah. He's, he's like in a partnership with them. Oh. I thought he owned that. I, I've never, I should ask him. I just that. keep seeing like Say, by, the uh, celebrity chef Adam Gertler yeah. has designed a dog for us. Yeah. He's, he's all over that. He's like Mr. Dog. Ashley Siobhan asks, she has a few here, but I want to do – oh, I I have two – I want to pick two of these. One is uh, – Ashley ever... Siobhan, by the way, is a great name for a newscaster. I am Ashley right. Siobhan, and this is the news at five. Right, yeah. It's a good like – it's a good newscaster voice. Anyway, her <laughs> they name. They call them whistle tips. Do you, you ever seen that video, the whistle tips? not. We'll watch it later. Uh, would we ever do We Got This After Dark? I assume that means one where there is cursing. yeah. All the off-color language that we use when we're not recording. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be funny. It would be kind of fun, to but do it's one. so it's like you want to talk behind the curtain. <clears throat> yeah, that is super behind the curtain. That like is really, really behind the curtain. Yeah, I wonder how we could do that and and still protect the people who listen with their family. That's the you thing. Have to put like a warning on. I it. guess maybe make it a bonus episode at some point. Maybe, you know, maybe for Max Fun, we still owe the bonus episode from this past year's Max Fun. We have to do that. Yeah, we're aware. We know. We have a concept that we think will be fun. 
I don't know if you remember me bringing it up to you. It was a while back. Body switching? <laughs> Something like that. Um, but maybe we'll do it as a bonus for, for this year. For, as like yeah, a, just as like, like a, a donor a goal filthy for max fun. We'll do con. a filthy one. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll do that. And the other question was, what podcasts do you listen to that aren't Max Fun, Night Vale, or Thrilling Adventure Hour? I listen to 1619, mm-hmm. I love, which is the New York Times covering the African-American experience. That is an epically great podcast. Oh, I've not heard of that. I'm um, check that out. It's really great. Uh, I listen to Dolly Parton's America. Same. Jad Abumrad's podcast. Yep, you got me into that. Oh, it's so good. Fantastic. Those are kind of the only two that I've listened to lately. Yeah. Like, I'm not a huge, as I know it sounds dumb, but I'm not a huge podcast listener. Look, I, look, Mark Evan Jackson doesn't listen, or he, at least a couple of years ago, didn't listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah. but, you know, doesn't mean he isn't good at doing them. No, oh, he's great at he it. He just doesn't, he listens to the news and the, I mean, I ride with him because we're neighbors practically. Yeah. That's, so I'm we, the same way. I listen to, yeah. I basically just turn NPR on in the car. I listen to, uh, wrestling podcasts hosted by like JR. I listen to the Jericho podcast sometimes, something to wrestle. I also love the Philadelphia 76ers. So I listen mm-hmm. to uh, my top basketball podcast is the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, which is really, really fun. Uh, it's, it's uh, Spike Eskin and Michael Levin. Michael Levin is a comedy writer, uh, who's now out here in LA. He was just working on, um, perfect harmony. Nice. And that show's fun. It's so good. And it's all people from like the LA comedy scene who yeah. you've known forever as being hilarious. And then you look in the choir on the show and you're like, holy crap, it's holy crap, it's holy crap, it's <laughs> Yeah. There they all are. Little does America know the cast of all stars that is the choir of that show. Yeah. They're learning it. Yes. Avery W. Kraus asks, you see, uh, you guys have, uh, seem like you have an absolute blast recording these things. Any chance you'd consider doing a video live stream, uh, then one of the next few times you're in person together? Sure. We've done it before. Yeah. They're fun. We'll do it again. Um, they, I always feel more pressure doing those. Yeah. That one, uh, we did. You shaved my you, facial hair off on well, we one. We did one. that, but we weren't doing an episode. That was just, that was just Facebook live. Yeah. Oh, we, well, that wasn't even an episode. We just like started broadcasting because yeah. we were like, eh. Forget it. It's like, let me shave your beard. I think I'd had a couple of beers. (laughs) Probably. That was in Pensacola, I think. Yeah. Then I definitely had a couple of beers and maybe a giant steak on a slice of bread. (laughs) (laughs) And 10 cent navy bean soup. Oh my God. I love it. There is, uh, there's an episode we did while recording a Facebook live and you kept looking at the comments. Oh yeah, that drives me crazy. And I was like, oh, we have if we're gonna do it, we have to figure out a way to do it where we're not reading the where comments. Where we can't live, read it, yeah. We need a we need a producer. It. I think like that's the key because uh we're such a self-contained unit that it's just the two of us. Yeah. When it's production time. Uh outside of production, obviously, there's a lot of people that help. But actually making the episodes is just the two of us. And I think something like a live stream, you need at least one more person. Yes. Uh who's keeping an eye on it, keeping an eye on the comments, keeping an eye on the camera, making sure we're Good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you need a stage manager at that point. Yeah, I think so. The answer is we'd like to do it. I don't know when we will, mm-hmm. but maybe at some point. Not, we're not, uh, against it. Frank Doodle Willis, your time is up. Frank Doodle Willis. Frank Doodle Willis. Doodle, is Doodle in quotes? No, I was going to say it's So it's his quotes. actual middle name. That. Yeah. <laughs> actual middle name or married name or married. Is it Doodle hyphen Willis? No, that we have no clues. Because if the Doodle family married the Willis family, do you think the Willis family at the wedding was like, okay. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> you can change it. It's okay. Sometimes the guy changes his name. It's fine. Yeah. 
Frank asks, any chance of researcher Kate McManus being a special guest on an episode, or has that already happened and I missed it? Uh, she has not been a guest uh, on an episode, but she and Ken did their own post show. That's when we right. We did Harry Potter month last year, so you can hear her and Ken doing a a rebuttal or a deep dive on each of the decisions that we did during that month, and they are on the Facebook group, uh, so you can you can find them there, Ken. Uh, if you want to, if you have the links to those, you can post them all just so people can see them after this episode has been released. There's the answer. I love it. Yeah. Ask and answered. Jenna Yamada, our buddy Hi, Jenna. Jenna. When you talk to folks about the podcast, what episodes generally come up as people's favorite? So other people, what is their favorite? People loved Paget and Costumes. Yep. That was a great one. People loved, uh, I'm trying to think. People love guests. Yeah, people love guests. guests. Vintage toy comes up a lot. Yeah. And a lot of it, honestly, I think has to do with the guest. It's less about the topic. Again, the show is, it's not about the what, it's about the who. Yeah. So it's people that are particularly fun guests on the show. And that usually winds up being our buddies that come on. Paul F. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, when we did the big round table about M&Ms with yeah. Jackson and Busy and Acker, like the whole thrilling gang up there with us. Yeah. Yeah. I think those. it's, it, yeah, it's the, the big guest ones that people tend to enjoy. Yeah. Not uh, that they don't enjoy the ones that are just the two of us. Right. No, they enjoy those as well. Catch up on a hot dog. People like that one. Yeah. But I think mostly it's guests and I get that. Totally get it. Shane Gordon asks, just how tiny is Mark's frying pan really? It's not on the stove right now. Do you Did want- it fall between the grates? <laughs> it's like <laughs> I think it's like it's not like the tiny kitchen on uh, Cutthroat Kitchen. It's not like that tiny. Or have you ever seen that uh, that internet? Oh my god! It's a YouTube channel. It's uh, Tiny Kitchen. Where they make tiny versions of they food. make tiny. It's like a. I have seen that done. It's but it's like ASMR. Oh, but I like that. But you know whose ASMR is cooking in a tiny kitchen? Nobody's. <laughs> like sometimes some people have like a brush, jars being opened, a pencil on paper, like tiny metal clanging in a tiny kitchen. No. <laughs> but it's very cool what they can create. But to answer yeah. your question, I think it's four inches across diameter. I knew it. I was going to say it's a four incher, right? Yeah. It's so small. Can barely fit one egg in there. <laughs> Eve Mazzara asks, have you ever done a best mustard episode? I can't recall. There's so many great mustard types and uses. The answer to that is no. No, it's on our list. Yeah. Uh, we haven't done it yet. We haven't done it yet. Uh, Stephen Cook asks, have you ever tried ketchup on a hot dog if only for research purposes? Yes. Yes. When I was a kid. Uh, yeah, and as an adult. Have you done I've it recently? It. Not recently. Since and, we started the podcast, have you done it? Uh, yeah, not voluntarily. Yeah. Oh, I've had one just like dressed at a thing that was like, hey, here you go. And then, and then you have you were like, can you give me a new one? Yeah. I wasn't like, I, I don't want that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I just took it out. It was given me. Um, but you know what? I, I don't, don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah. No, it's not that bad. No, it's fine. When there's too much on that, you know, when you're a kid, you put too much ketchup on everything. Sure. So I like a little bit. I like a very little bit of mustard. I don't hate ketchup on there, but I, I just don't, I don't like the flavor. Yeah. I like ketchup s- on a hot dog. I love ketchup. Yeah. I love Heinz ketchup so much. I get mad when there isn't any in the house and I Hunt's only have it fine. one day of the week. It's too sugary for me. It doesn't taste good enough. I was just trying to bait you into kicking you. me out of my own apartment. Please leave. <laughs> um, I, you're going to have to go. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, sauerkraut is the thing that people always put too much of. I like the sauerkraut. It's like they'll do like a big mound of it. I'm like, guys, I don't need to eat a salad with a fork. 
<laughs> a cabbage, a, like fermented cabbage salad with a fork yeah. before I get down to the hot dog. Just give me like a little sprinkle of it, like a topping. Yeah. So like, what's the star of this bite? Yeah, is exactly. It supposed to be a hot dog or is it supposed to be the giant clump of yeah. sauerkraut? I think it's, here? they're really trying to fill that bun and some places have a super tiny hot dog. <laughs> That's true. They're they're like, are we going to fill that bun up and get that sauerkraut in there? Give me a whole cup of sauerkraut. Yeah. Put a baked potato in there. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. I, I'll let, see if you'll answer this. Ruth Ellis asks, what was that one question during a clean slate that Mark said was too gross for the show? And what question did Mark suggest you skip in a re- in the recent clean plate? I can't remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. But it's one, one we're going to do like a yeah. full episode of. Yeah, it Is that was. white uh, meat or dark meat? It was. No, oh, best use of a side. No, no, no. What to do with leftovers? Nope. It wasn't leftovers? No. What was it? Well, I did skip leftovers because I thought that would be a great entire episode. Yeah, I agree. Of that. No, but the one it was about wiping. It oh, was, that's uh, right. Whether you do it standing or sitting. Yeah. And that's I was the like, one you wouldn't do. And I was like, it's just, it's <laughs> like, that felt too blue for us. You know what I mean? Or brown. Oh my God. See? No, and the one from the, and the one from the other day was Friendsgiving or Thanksgiving with family. Oh. And that one just seemed like going back to what we were talking about at the beginning. That one seemed like it could get everybody's family situation is different. Everybody's friend situation is different. And that one seemed like it could get into places that wouldn't make people feel good. Yeah. That territory we, we, that we try to actively avoid. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. Gretchen Marie asks, could there be a portion where you talk with Kate McManus about researching for the podcast? Uh, that would be fun to do. I'd love like to, maybe yeah. For, maybe we'll do another mailbag. A lot of love for Kate McManus in this. We'll a lot of people on. want us to bring Kate on. We gotta bring yeah, Kate on the show. Be good. Tracy Fierick, two questions. Uh, one is, have you ever gotten into a legit fight over a decision? The answer is no. No. Um, and the other one is, sometimes you say you pick a topic the morning of, yet you guys can usually talk very knowledgeably about the topic. How is that? Uh, <laughs> so if it's one that Kate has not researched, mm-hmm. what happens is for, I don't know, an hour beforehand, yeah. we will, I don't know if you do this. This is my process. Yeah. I have a, a pattern of figuring out research quickly, which is go on YouTube and find a couple of like introductory, like, Here's the history of what's a call in three minutes. Yeah. When did what's a call because of become a thing that I say? I don't know. Here's the his my grandmother used to say what you call. So <laughs> I'm turning into my grandmother. So it would be like the history of what you call in three minutes. Yeah. And then I would find a bunch of different web pages and I will frequently when we begin an episode, I will have ten different tabs open. Yeah. So I'm constant I, I know what like like on this last one about the airlines. Yes. I had 10 different tabs with information about each of the different airlines open and I was, you know, bouncing back and forth between them. Did a little bit of like, you know, history. Yeah. I I always start I always try to start at the beginning. Yes. And do like a little bit of history. And then a lot of it is just while Hal is talking, I am looking stuff up. And while I'm going to go ahead and guess, yeah. while I am talking, you are looking stuff up. For sure. I'll do yeah. like a very cursory amount of research, yeah. uh, not as deep as as you go. And generally, I think we try to pick stuff like, hey, we could talk about this without a huge amount of right. research. Right. We're not going to – only a, a couple of times ever have we made that mistake and Kate's been like, hey, idiots, yeah. uh, give me a heads up and I will help you with this. <laughs> uh, we only have a few more here. How How long have we been going? We've been going for 48 minutes. Oh my gosh. Here we go. This is supersize. It's 250. This is supersize. All right. 
Okay. And I'm not saying I'm tired of doing it. I just, again, I worry about things being indulgent. It's the sure. first time our show, look, you know, going into this, I was reticent even to give my own opinions about things and talk as myself. Yeah. Imagine talking for this long just about <laughs> us talking. We're going to see how deep this yeah. rabbit hole goes. Yeah. We're a picture. We're, <laughs> a, we're us holding a lunchbox with a picture of us holding a lunchbox with a picture of us holding a lunchbox. <laughs> I wish I had that. Uh, Stephanie Stone Rob asks, if you could fill in on any Max Fun show for one episode, which one would it be and why? And if you could pick the hosts of any other Max Fun show to fill in on We Got This, who would you want and why? And this is not just because he's the boss. I would love to fill in on Jordan Jesse Go because I could fill in on either or on either side yeah. and be content to play with either one of them. Sure. And whatever insane guests they bring on the show. Yeah. I think that would be an absolute blast. For me, it's this is one that almost happened, but didn't. Mm-hmm. I was on vacation in the summer of 2016, and I got an email from the the head producer at the time at Max Fun, who asked me if I could fill in on Judge John Hodgman, ah. which I figured was like maybe Monty Belmonte. It was the summertime. Uh, Jesse's not available. Mm-hmm. Monty Belmonte. They need me to be the bailiff, but. John wasn't available, and they wanted me to fill in as the judge. Wow. And I couldn't do it oh. because I was on vacation with my wife and was not – you know, I just – it just didn't work out. Yeah. But that would have been – it would have been so much fun to do just because I love that show, and I think John does such a great job. And it would be a really interesting challenge to see if I could get even close to a tenth of what he's able to do yeah. with that show. And then for people who would fill in for us – Oh, I don't know. There's so many good. There's yeah, everybody's so good I on mean, this Dan- network. Danielle and Lindsay from Tights and Fights, my co-hosts, yeah. they would be really fun. Our bring- sister, our sister podcast. Yes. Can I pet your dog? I'd say uh, Allegra and Renee. Yeah. Because we've done shows with them, and we Allegra's love doing retired, shows with no them. No longer doing. Can I like we brought her back? Brought back. If we the brought brought band, back the OGs. To have yeah. them do it. That, yeah. that would be that would be really cool too. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of good choices. Obviously the McElroys. Of course. It'd be fun to have like one of the boys and Clint. Yeah. Together. That would be really fun too. I don't know which one because they're all so great. <laughs> that would be really, that would be really fun to do as well. So who knows? Could happen. Could happen. Tracy During Sweeps Week, we'll all do crossovers. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We'll do all our crossovers. Tracy Murray asks, who are your favorite guests? Let's, three, three guests that you love on the show. I'll go first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, uh, and I mentioned them the other day in a Facebook thread, uh, Laser Molina Weber. Yeah. They bring oh. such a great, uh, like, Mark nailed this last time they were on the show that Laser's energy is so different than ours. Mm-hmm. Cause we're, we're more frenetic and, and they are more like calm, but like, Everything they say is funny. Yeah, every it is. They, we are we so are good. a hatchet, and they are a scalpel. Yeah, it's so, so it's good. and it's so fun to play with laser. Yeah, it's, it's a great. Uh, that's a great mix. That's one of mine. Paget, I love playing with Paget. Paget she great. was born for this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I love her. Uh, she's great. Let me throw. Let me think of another one. So many great. I mean, Hodgman has been on the show pretty much more than anybody. Yeah, it'd be hard to if you're putting together. A Mount Rushmore, if we got this guest, he would have to be yeah. in the George and in the George Washington. Position. He's fun to play with, also because everything he says is so definitive. Yeah, and there is like we wink at it. He never winks. 
Yeah. He never winks he never in his winks. definitiveness. So good. It is magic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got another one? Um, gosh. I mean, Janet, like, yeah. I know I'm just pulling our thrilling friends, but yeah. like, and I know I've mentioned both of them before, but I just adore talking with them on the show. That's so easy. Yeah. You know, uh, one of my favorite guests. I love every, like, it's like, so, it's so we've weird never to had think a bad about guests. No, we've, we've never had lucky. a bad guest. I love them all. Uh, one that stands out to me is Carla Kakowski. I was just going to – Carla was going to be my third. Because be- it, it was really just the three of us messing around having a conversation. Yeah, so like fun. we would be doing. Yeah. And she is so passionate and so knowledgeable about Meryl Streep yeah. that she was the perfect guest Yeah, in that she knew her stuff. Yeah. She schooled us. But also we've been friends for so long that it's easy to just talk with – as far as just having friends on, talking waffles versus pancakes, having breakfast oh, with, with Annie, Fred and Fred, Annie yeah. and Millie running so around good. was such a special, special episode. Love like that. doing it in their kitchen yeah. with our – you know, you have like non-family nieces and nephews with our niece Millie like – yeah. Yeah, it's those are just a few favorite get like really just no bad every, ones. No, everybody's Tons been great. great. So many great like I was we could just sit here and name every person who's ever been on the show and that's the answer. Yeah. Uh one last one. I think this is a good one to end on. Leo Genesec asks, given the world-shattering importance of each of your verdicts, how do you decide awesome. which are worthy of a full episode and which are merely a clean slate subject? It really just comes down to if we think that there's enough meat on the bone to talk about it for an hour. Yeah. Are we, how, to what extent are we going to be stretched? Like the yeah. Twizzlers Red Vines, you can only do so many times before right. it just, you, those have to be spaced out. And also those, and also, yeah, those episodes, you, we know that we're going to go deep on something, but we're also going to find tangents. Yeah. Like we, we've, I think you and I have figured out pretty well that if something either, is a binary with a clear winner or is a, you know, is, is something that's not going to take a full 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. We can add it to a clean slate, uh, which are ones that we think will take, you know, 90 seconds because there's a, because it's so obvious or they're so like, there's so few details to it. Yeah. But some of those that are a little longer, but maybe not a whole episode, those are when we're like, all right, we're going to vamp. This is going to be one of those ones where it begins with, tell me about your week. Yep. Which is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. That's that's pretty much uh, what it boils down to. Simple. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Mailbag. We cleared out a mailbag. I think we should do another one of these. We'll see if people like it. We'll do this. We'll do the next one at 500 episodes. Congratulations on 250 episodes. Buddy, congratulations to you. And you know what? Congratulations to producer Ken Plume. Researcher Kay McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And congratulations also to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And congratulations to you. Yes. The people of the world. Good for you for creating a space where we can do this and we can all do this and have fun, you know, playing in the sandbox of arguing but never really hurting anybody that's right so thank you for hal lublin i'm mark agliardi for mark agliardi i'm hal lublin and don't worry everybody we, we got, got this. this we got this maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned audience supported